I think you need to tip your mic up a little. Up? Yeah. Yeah. So that you're really speaking down the barrel of the microphone. Speaking down the barrel of a microphone. Do you know that song? Yeah. I'm very familiar with it. I'm a, I, I'm actually the uh, president of the Shinedown Fan Club. Everybody. We're back. Welcome. We're at the, it's the holiday special. Welcome to the Side Attendant Podcast. Happy Thanksgiving. I hope that you stayed away from your families. And if you didn't, um, you should consider maybe why, why would you, why'd you do that? Did you go Black Friday shopping at five o'clock in the morning? Why, why would you do that? It's weird. I saw. I did see a thing today that said like, "Oh, sales for Black Friday were up some percent from previous years." It's like, how? How? Who knows? Either way, uh, did you have a good week? Yeah, I only had to work for like half the week. Hell yeah, same, same dog. I lazed around so much this week. Yeah, uh, it was good. We had a nice little uh, Indian food Thanksgiving. Wherein I ordered DoorDash McDonald's. <laughs> where I DoorDash. You are uncultured. No, I genuinely, I. it's really rare for me to find a food that I don't like. But for some reason, I just cannot get on board with the Indian food thing. Um, and if you want to interact with our podcast at all, reach out to us on Twitter, Facebook. Go ahead and email us or shoot us an Instagram DM and tell me what Indian food I should try that I might actually like. I don't like the biryanis because they they seem like uh, they're just kind of dry. Mm. And maybe I just haven't had a good one. But yeah, so that was our, our little festivities. It was um, wild. Yeah. Uh, we will be sending out the uh, stickers, <laughs> a batch of stickers. We sent, well, we, got, we gave some away and stuff, uh, but we're going to send out a sticker batch here yeah. on Monday. So look forward to receiving your stickers. By the time you're hearing this, they are probably en route to you. Because if you, yeah, if you're if you're receiving a sticker, those odds are pretty good that you're actually listening. So, um, yeah, we love you and uh, enjoy your stickers. Do we have any other announcements for the? We have a uh, we got pretty pretty big announcement. Oh, coming soon to a live streaming service near you. We haven't exactly determined where we're going to be streaming. But welcome, welcome everyone to the site attendant live stream New Year's Rockin' Special. I think I'm guessing that we can't use New Year's Rockin'. Don't either. say it. Yep. Uh, yeah, we're going to stream for a little bit, live stream on New Year's. Eve. Uh, or yeah, uh, how does that work? New Year's it's Day New Year's and Eve. New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we're doing a New Year's Eve stream. Uh, it's very likely going to lead into and then slightly past midnight. Uh, we haven't worked out all the details yet just know that you've got some some fun stuff coming up and uh we're gonna have some special guests not nick cage but uh you know we'll we see. can hope yeah we can hope uh but yeah look forward to that um i don't know any other announcements you want to save some blind stuff for the end or you want to it's your crack into, blind stuff crack you into the damn get, thing right now there was a surprise that you had for me and you're going to talk on the podcast about it oh yeah i'll yeah i'll hit that in a little bit Whew, okay um but yeah, blind stuff. Um, I wanted to just talk for a second about being helpful. Um, 
I am a big beer fan. I like beer a lot. And I have made a habit uh, every year for the last eight years now. On Black Friday, Goose Island releases a special release beer called Bourbon County. It's delicious. We had some last night because we went to a liquor store on Black Friday and, and purchased it. Um, but before that, we went to a liquor store that did not have it and talked to a man for way too long while he tried to get us to purchase other items that we didn't want to purchase. And then as we were walking out of the store, um, I was on a trajectory to uh, not hit the door to exit the building perfectly. And you were like, oh, to the right. And so I was moving towards the right, you know, where the door would be. And out of nowhere, this man grabs my damn arm. And I thought that it was Tony. Tony was with us. So I said, nope, don't do that. In that, like, in that tone. Like, kind of shitty, right? I don't know. Like, you... I don't know. It seemed like you were just being sarcastic, I guess. But I mean, Tony would have understood. Right. Um, Had it been Tony. But the man was like, no, 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 I'm just helping. I'm helping. And the truth is, he wasn't. He thought he was helping. But he very much was not. And it's such a difficult thing to explain to people that oftentimes I don't want your help. And just as often, I don't need your help. And I'm speaking for myself and probably thousands of other people with various disabilities. Um, I'm by no means like the spokesperson for disability in general, but I I can bet a large sum of money that tons of people would agree with me. Help is something that I'll ask for if I need it. Um, and like, it's the, like the way that I was kind of, uh, thinking to like, uh, analogies, metaphor it, whatever it is, is like, if you've got a flat tire, like you specifically have a flat Me. tire on the side of that the road, which happened has many happened many times yeah. recently. Um, and so like you're, you're there, you're on the side of the highway, right? And, um, you have your car jacked up and you're like midway through changing your own tire and you're doing like a really great job. Like it, there's, you're, you're encountering no issues. Right. And then someone comes along with like a small wrench in their hand and they just start yelling and trying to like touch your tire and like move the jack around and like what they're perceiving it as being helpful to you is just getting in your damn way. Mm -hmm. And I think that people, when they see like a disabled person or like a a person that's less fortunate than them or uh, someone that just in to them, someone that needs help, it makes them feel good to be the person that is helping. Um, and I get that. It's a little bit uncomfortable to like sit by and watch someone uh, like do something in like a little like a different way than you. Right. Like, um, like when I'm cooking or something, if you, if you see me oftentimes, like I'll, I use my hands a lot more than I think the average person when they're cooking, uh, because I can't see it. So I have to feel it. Right. Mm-hmm. And it'd be as easy for you to like swoop in and just like, oh, grab something from me and start doing it. But all you're doing is making things harder for me. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people just have trouble, um, like 
for themselves, like I, you, you want to feel good. You want to feel like you're being helpful. And, uh, it's just such a hard thing to communicate to people, you know? Yeah. And I, I don't necessarily know if there's a better way to go about it than kind of just being very, uh, blunt to people when they essentially get in my way. But grabbing people is not the solution. Don't ever grab another human for any reason unless it is to legitimately like save their life. Yeah. You know? Like I can't think of a good reason to just grab someone, you know? Yeah. Especially like a stranger. Yeah. Don't... And someone you're not like familiar with. Like yeah. during a fucking pandemic too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like I could grab you, yeah. but we have a relationship. Yeah. Exactly. And it wouldn't be to like guide you anywhere usually. Yeah to the bedroom what excuse Um, me sir uh i try to use my words but there are definitely times where i should use my words more yeah Um, and that's but it's it's coming it's coming along yeah but the i think the biggest thing is like that i don't owe anyone the right to like not be slightly uncomfortable like if it makes you more comfortable to come and like push me around and like uh, guide me directly to a door or whatever that's fine for you, but it like ruins my day sometimes because of how demeaning and patronizing it is. Yeah. I mean, it's kind of like what you would do for a child. Right. Yeah. And like, that's, that's the thing. And, and and honestly, it's the way that people talk to me oftentimes is the way that you would talk to like a six year old. Or they talk to me like I'm your parent. Right. Yeah. That's the weirdest, one of the weirdest things. And we, I think we've talked about it in the past is if we're, we are somewhere occasionally or often i guess not even occasionally, often people will talk to you as if i'm not there or can't speak english or understand them Mm -hmm. and it's extremely frustrating but uh yeah so that's my uh blind corner for the day uh do you have anything else you said something about tools tools oh yeah it's just like you uh having the like proper tools to be helpful um and it is what I was talking about with like someone coming up to help you on the side of the road. If they don't have the tools required to make your, like the thing you're doing actually easier, all they're really doing is getting in the way. And the same thing goes for people who try to help me. They don't have the tools, like the... uh, Yeah, it's just an assumption it seems like. Right, yeah. And uh, it's just extremely frustrating because I'm just over here trying to live my life. And I mean, that's really the point and the main idea behind this podcast is it's not necessarily my problem that these movies that we watch aren't audio described. It's that's not on me. That's on the world. That's on that's on these multi-billion dollar film uh, production studios. That's on these multi-billion dollar television uh, stations. Like it's not my problem. It's your problem. And it's not my problem that it makes you slightly uncomfortable to watch me like tap a wall with my cane before finding a door. That's not on me. And uh, yeah. So, oh, speaking of movies, um, we watched one. No. Go back. No. Go back to what? We didn't. No, actually, we didn't watch a single film. What? Go back to what? Go back to the fact that HBO, uh, at least the British HBO, the Lovecraft Country. Oh, shit. Yeah, I forgot. Um, really weird. Um, we bitched a couple episodes ago about wanting to watch Lovecraft Country, right? Yeah. And how HBO went through the whole, like, getting 
sued and finally like came and broke down and just like announced that they're going to be having audio description for some stuff. I looked on my super secret blind people source and found the audio tracks for Lovecraft Country audio description. Like just right there. I download, I have them right now on my phone. I'm so excited. They, the thing is though, it's the UK version. And it was the case for the Game of Thrones stuff too. Mm -hmm. Like the audio described Game of Thrones we found is the UK version. Like they treat their blind folks so much better than we do here in the US. It's crazy. And even the fucking, the Braille Harry Potters you got, Mm -hmm. those are from the UK. Like, (sighs) keep up America. Get your shit together. (laughs) We'll see what happens. Yeah. I do not suggest moving to the UK. That's definitely not a thing. Uh, Why? Because they're at times just as bad as we are. Oh, yeah. No, 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 no. Don't don't get me wrong. Like that, like. I'm not an exceptionalist for any like country in the world. Like every place has some stuff they do well and some stuff they're really just dog shit about. Mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, I'm super excited to watch Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country with you soon. I'm um, so excited too. I just we hope got there like what one or two episodes. Yeah, I think we started like the third episode, and yeah. again, like even without the audio description, it was really good. I think it's up for some really major awards too. Probably, yeah. We can talk about a film that we watched. We watched the film Matchstick Men. Matchstick Men. Is it one word or two? Two. Like, like matchstick, matchstick is one. Yeah, okay. And that's, that was my <laughs> Obviously, I know, but <laughs> like, it's not matchstick all Matchstick Men one is word. not all one word. No, that's, uh, that's a weird one. Um, matchstick is one word? Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, we watched the film Matchstick Men. Uh, starring our boy Nicholas Cage and my boy Sam, Sam Rockwell. Rockwell and who I previously thought was Kristen Stewart um <laughs> you thought Sam Rockwell was Kristen Stewart no 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 the third the third oh, star of the, the film gal. yeah i thought she was Kristen Stewart <laughs> turns out she's not she kind of looks like it she's some other gal um this was directed by Ridley Scott mm-hmm. which he's known for like Blade Runner um did he direct the Alien movies or just Prometheus? That's a really great question. I don't know. He's he's known for a lot of big like sci-fi bullshit. Um, but the, the music for this was done by Hans Zimmer. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I Do you really some... like the music in this one? Uh, it's fine. I... <sighs> we'll, we'll get to it at the end. But my opinion of this movie is a, a little bit uh, weird because this movie is kind of universally like seen as a great movie mm-hmm. and my opinion is not quite that mm-hmm. um what did we, we watched it on amazon right yeah we rented it oh god yeah i forgot uh paid money to rent it on amazon and there was still no audio description mm-hmm. which is whatever fine do do that we'll do it all the time um <laughs> But the one advantage that I had for this movie that I that I haven't on like some of the previous ones that didn't have audio description was I've seen this movie with my functioning eyeballs. Um, so like I have some sense of like what the like filmography look like and like the color scheme and stuff. Mm-hmm. And it's a it's a good looking like it's fine. Um, this motherfucker directed so many things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he did yeah. direct an alien film. Mm-hmm. 
He directed um, G.I. Jane mm-hmm. and Gladiator, mm-hmm. Black Hawk Down. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's done some big, big time shit. Yeah. Yeah. And he did Prometheus. Um, He did The Martian. Yeah, he did Prometheus. Yeah. He did Alien Covenant, too. Damn. Yeah. yeah. So this is a bit of a um, breakaway from his typical like sci-fi-y uh, thing, which I guess G.I. Jane was, too. But yeah. um, this movie, the basic premise is it's got some, some con men doing con men shit. What is um, con short for? Confidence. I love that. Yeah. I just love that so much. Did you know that before? Or? Yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's short for confidence. Like, as in, if I walk up to you with uh, some amount of confidence and say, hey, give me some of your money, you might. Probably, yeah. Um, We're actually watching Lost right now. I talked Ashley into watching Lost. Um, and we just I finished... I feel confidenced into that. Uh, sure. That's, <laughs> yep. is, that, is that the word? But yeah, Sawyer in Lost. He's a, a con man. Yeah. Um, And... I mean, honestly, a couple of the things that we like see him do follow kind of this, yeah, the general setup of this movie. So the idea is Nick Cage and his partner Sam Rockwell, Roy and Frank, Fred, Frank, <laughs> Frank, Frank, Roy and Frank are like just partner, longtime partners, and they're conning people. And it it's this weird like, uh, like telephone con where they like call someone and tell them that they've won some prize but in order to avoid paying taxes on the prize they have to buy some like water filtration system or something Mm -hmm. and so they get these people to like pay or like write a check for the water filtration thing that is actually worth like 50 bucks we discover and they pay like 400 for it. Mm-hmm. And like, okay, so now, you know, we've got your address and all your information. Just wait and we'll send you the details on your prize, which never comes because that's how you con people. Um, it's a little bit weird though. In one of the scenes, they like pose as FBI guys and they go to the house of the one of the couples that they had conned. Oh, there's the boy. There's a Frisco. Yeah, there's a shake. They go to the house of like one of the people that they had conned and they like get them to fill out this form to help them. They pose as FBI agents, get them to fill out this form to help like further their investigation. But the form is really just like more details for their bank account mm-hmm. <laughs> to like con them further. It, which is like, uh, you know. They make you... like the wives always seem stupid. Yeah. Like which... when it comes to, and to speak to the, the Sawyer thing too. So like the wives are yeah. always like the first victim the target yeah and like it's like oh like after she's messed up like the husband has to come in and basically like save her like fix the fix up the and situation. he's the one who ends up fucking signing the paperwork right yeah um they have a really that that scene there's like a golden retriever barking yeah which i you had to tell me that it was a golden retriever but it's a you know a barking dog or whatever um another like uh aspect of this film that i forgot to mention is nick cage has like this ocd thing going on where he's got these like ticks where he like counts like he'll lock a door like three times or like uh wash his hands or uh, like flip a light switch on and off and count the number of times that he does it that kind of thing mm-hmm. um and at some point sam rockwell's character like talks him into like seeing a therapist about it right mm-hmm. and so 
I did know that like he, so he's really like clean in his house. Mm-hmm. Like he spends a ton of time cleaning his house and just like looking at the fibers in his carpet and making sure that like there's nothing in there. But yet he smokes cigarettes in every room of his house. Right. Yeah. Like (laughs) that just seems so ridiculous to me. Well, so I was thinking about that a little bit too. And I think that the cigarettes aren't necessarily dirty. Like they're not germy. Right? They're not germy, but like they're going to make his walls gross. Yeah, like grimy. Yeah. Yeah. And like smoky yellow. Yeah. Bullshit. And like everything's going to smell like it. And like, yeah. That's not super great, but whatever. So this therapist uh, helps him, like, you know, going through some of his problems and bullshit or whatever. And he gives him these like pills that he says are a sample of Catholics or something. Kefix. I don't remember. I don't remember the name of like whatever the drug he says it's supposed to be. But it looks is. like Benadryl. It definitely looks like Benadryl. Uh, so a little uh, jumping ahead a little bit into some of the trivia that I was reading. It's Benadryl. Is it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, I'm like, such a nerd. So like I noted also, I was like pink tablets with CRC on them. And I was like, okay, I had to find out. So like my nerdy ass who like used to work in a pharmacy, I went to go look it up and I couldn't mm-hmm. really find anything about it. But Benadryl did come. <laughs> yeah. I guess what they use for like the, the prop in the film is just like Benadryl yeah. packets. But like he, he gives them like sample packets for this. Mm-hmm. Right. And, um, so he's like using those through the through the film to help like cope or deal with his like uh, very like invasive OCD stuff. Um, but the therapist also encourages him to like reconnect with an old love of his that he thought he might have had a kid with like a handful of years ago. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember. I'm having trouble remembering exactly how it goes, but. Like, like a scene like in the next scene or two scenes later it uh a teen girl just shows up at his house mm-hmm. and it's revealed that that's his daughter which you know i think we've had this in a couple of other nick cage movies we definitely have where like oh i've had a kid this whole time and didn't know that right mm-hmm. um so this girl shows up and like basically starts like bumming or not bumming what's the word when you like sleep on someone's couch oh like couch couch surfing yeah kind of that kind of deal uh oh crashing yeah she's like crashing at his house and their dynamic is fine like it's like she's clearly like bugging him and he feels some like responsibility Mm -hmm. but um i just feel like with how like ocd and like clean he is like a kid is the last thing you want in your house well so and we and that's like a thing that happens here is like she gets him to kind of like loosen up a bit Mm -hmm. you know which fine i i just think that with like a severe uh you know crippling disorder like that some new person just hopping on into your life isn't necessarily just gonna like change everything and alleviate like oh mm-hmm. I, I don't i don't have this disorder anymore oh shucks i can like throw pizza on the couch like no that's not really how that works <laughs> um 
but at some point i don't remember what happened i think she or like he leaves the house with her alone in the house and she's like being a nosy ass little uh, he <laughs> later on calls her a nosy parker mm-hmm. um but she's like nosing around and finds like a cookie jar or something with all of his money in it she says oh there's like a dog, a dog. statue or something yeah, yeah. I, thought, I thought it was like a cookie jar but like the way she said it at first i thought maybe it was like a stuffed animal or something but you said it's more like a jar statue it's type a statue yeah. yeah um so we get this like reveal like what why do you have all this money and like then they have a kind of like a what do you like a conversation that like lays everything out on the table basically mm-hmm. where he reveals to her yeah i'm a, a i'm a con boy and he like feels bad about it and yeah, she's like, like oh guilt. i don't think you're a bad guy and i'm like listen you're 14 and you've known your dad for like 24 days yeah you don't know shit about shit so um from there uh she wants him to teach her how to be a con man woman mm-hmm. person and he like refuses and refuses and refuses and then she starts to like blackmail him into it or like yeah she's like word? listen uh manipulate basically yeah yeah she's like listen i'll tell you about uh the sex i had with the boy if you don't teach me how to be a con man and it's like that's kind of fucked up right like, yeah that's so gross um so eventually he breaks down and they do the the old classic uh fake winning lottery ticket scam yep that classic scam old, that you know, i knew the one that about before about. watching this movie so it's like a laundromat scene and she like oh i found this ticket but i'm not 18 can you help me poor little old lady and this little lady's like oh yeah sure and they basically take the woman for like 600 bucks or whatever but nick cage makes her return the money so they do this whole like exercise in like teaching her the like how to do the con. Mm-hmm. But I guess he doesn't feel like she should be stealing money. <sighs> what at, a concept. Yeah, like at 15 you shouldn't you're too young to steal money. Um so he makes her give it back. <laughs> but that so that actress, and I'm pretty sure I'm right. Uh, did did we look it up? I forget. What? The whether the actress that gets conned in the laundromat there, I think she is Dwight's uh nanny from the office i'll have to look it up she is she goes to like the dinner party at uh michael's house with michael and jan where they're like fighting and it's all awkward oh i think that's the same actress um, i know she's in the mindy project with mindy kaling okay so yeah i would imagine that it's if she's like in that like crew but you said she was in donnie darko as well yes um which uh, dumpster fire movie um excuse me she was also in a tv series called last will and testicle all right i yeah that's fine i guess what were like the years that the office was around i'm not a big office person yeah 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 okay melvina dwight's babysitter okay yeah okay i was like that's one thing too uh and I mean, you've. I think you've noticed it with a couple other things where I'll grab some like random voice and know some random crazy thing that person <laughs> like was in, and like to recognize someone's voice like that, I even I'm impressed by myself on that one. I think you're often impressed by yourself. Um, she was also in Little Miss Sunshine. She was also in No Country for Old Men. Was she in No Country for Old Men? Mm-hmm. She was Carla Jean's mom. 
Oh, do you want to watch that later? No, I've watched it in the last year. Okay. I'm good. Okay. But thank you. I want. I need to read it. I've read, so this is a Cormac McCarthy book that it's based on. Mm-hmm. Um, you like that author a lot. He's he's basically like a modern Ernest Hemingway. I mean, he just writes like brooding older man books with like very like, his sentence structure is like the least flowery sentence structure I've ever encountered. I hate it. It is like, man walks to table. Man sits in chair. Like, it's like it's written by a fucking caveman. It's delightful. Um, but so where were we? We, we've got, so now we're, uh, Nick Cage, yeah, Nick Cage teaching a con and the, uh, tone here, uh, shifts to Nick Cage being a little bit more contentious with her for some reason. I forget, like they, they get into like some bullshit fight about something. Oh, she, uh, she like leaves, uh, the house but like comes back a little bit too late mm-hmm. and he's trying to like, like sneaks out and sneaks back in. yeah and he's trying to like be this dad mm. where he's been absent from her life for like 15 years up till now and it's fine i mean the, that trope that tropes like in a lot of movies right the like you're not my dad like that bullshit um but here is where they decide and nick cage and Sam Rockwell and the girl all decide to do some sort of like bigger con against this man for like a hundred thousand dollars or something. Mm-hmm. And they, the idea is to make some deal. I forget what's in the duffel bag. They're like exchanging money for some something else. Do you remember what it is? Great British pounds. Is it? Yeah. Okay. So the Queen. Remember the Queen? Oh goes yeah, the Queen goes before Ben, ben Franklin. Franklin. Yeah. So. They are basically doing like an under the table like money exchange. I don't know what the I don't remember what the whole setup is, but so they they go to this airport and they swap a briefcase full of U.S. currency for a duffel bag full of uh, GBP, and the girl causes some big scene off to the side and distracts the guy like their target of their con mm-hmm. and they swap the briefcases right mm-hmm. so that was all completely like without you telling me that's what was going on there i would have completely forgot about that mm-hmm. like i was confused even in the moment of like why she's making this like screaming this and making racket. this big scene yeah um so then um oh the idea is to like okay we got to get the fuck out of this airport quick before the guy realizes that we like swapped the briefcases for Mm -hmm. an an, basically an empty briefcase well uh turns out that doesn't work and he's like chasing them through the parking garage and it's like a car chase and screaming and yelling and um they i think they just get away clean right Mm, no he like he like rams their car Mm, he's like running in the parking garage like after them okay and then they get away okay yeah but then a couple scenes later, Nick Cage and girl like come home, like back to Nick Cage's apartment. And Sam Rockwell is all beat to fuck, like mm-hmm. sitting at a table. And the man, what's the man that they're conning? Like Carlisle or something? That's a, that's a really great question. I forget, I forget what Chuck. his name is. Yeah, Chuck. Chuck uh, is there with like a gun 
And it's this whole, like, give me my money back or I'll shoot one of you situations. And the girl somehow gets a hold of the gun and shoots him. So we've got Sam Rockwell beat to hell. The con target is shot on the floor. And Nick Cage is there, like, trying to figure out what the fuck to do. So the girl and Sam Rockwell leave. And Nick Cage is, like, trying to figure out what to do with this body, essentially. And the guy wakes up, beats the shit out of Nick Cage, yeah? Mm-hmm. Then Nick Cage wakes up in the hospital and gives... Oh, his therapist appears, like, back at this point, yeah? Mm-hmm. And Nick Cage gives him, like, the key or, like, the passcode to his safe deposit box, right? I think so. To give all of his money to his daughter because they think he thinks that he's just dying, right? Yeah. Um, and here's the big like spoiler if you don't want this movie spoiled for you like jump ahead maybe five minutes um, Nick Cage is actually just in a shipping container on the top of a parking garage <laughs> not in a hospital room and he's trying to figure out what the hell just happened he goes to his therapist office it's just abandoned so it seems like the therapist was in on it Mm -hmm. then he goes to the mother of his child like to her house and she says i miscarried that child you impregnated me with like we never had a kid Mm -hmm. so it's revealed that that girl was also in on it and all of his money's gone and that was supposed to be the end of the movie so i read about this that was supposed to be the end Mm -hmm. like this is done but in order to like you know, kind of coddle the audience a little bit. The, it cuts ahead to one year later where Nick Cage is like a salesman at a carpet store, which I think is kind of a nifty little like nod to his uh, previous uh, carpet staring. Uh, and girl comes in with her boyfriend and there's like this little confrontation, like what the fuck was all that? Mm-hmm. And it's revealed that she kind of got screwed out of the money too. Like she was supposed to get a, like a cut or whatever. Yeah. But didn't. And then, really creepy i don't know if you thought this was creepy too but as she's leaving she calls him dad uh, yeah <laughs> like what the hell? don't do that what do you do with that is like they may have spent what two weeks together they spent like a month together either way not enough time to be no. calling someone that's not your dad dad yeah Ugh. but yeah so there's a cashier at the end I think the cashier was like his ex-wife or something. And it makes it seem like they're back together at the end. And I just put, why? Yeah, but <laughs> then, so yeah, it like the final moment is him returning to his house and there's a pregnant woman there that's not that same lady. It was really, it was, like that was just like a confusing, like yeah, I didn't. the I, ending was just, it was. Mm. Couldn't tell what they were going for there. Yeah. But. Yeah, so that's pretty much that. I mean, that's as as sterile of a breakdown as I can get. I mean, there's a bunch more detail to go into, but like in general, not easy to follow without audio description. Um, I found myself definitely like poking you. Yeah. More. Um, what'd you think? Um, so I don't have a lot of experience with OCD. Um, and we kind of like in the past have like made fun of 
Nick Cage and his like just getting wild and stuff. But it seems like at least from some depictions that I have seen in like reality TV and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. So not like fictional generally. Well, as reality TV can be fictionalized at times, but like it seemed like he really put a lot into that appearance of OCD, I guess. Mm -hmm. And that was, I guess, impressive. Yeah. Because he plays like the same character over and over and over again. So like it was nice to see like a variation and that's by no means to glorify OCD or anything in that like yeah. whatsoever. Um, I know that it's difficult and um, and so I just want to say that, but it does seem like he as an actor like really put a lot into that portion of his character. Yeah. Um, oh, there's oh, the boy there's, again. There he is take a stroll (laughs) um so yeah there's one thing that uh that is the case in this movie and that is that he i think at least and from one like uh thing i was reading about this movie also has tourette's okay that the tics that are being expressed are not directly related to what would be ocd see that is sound that sounds more familiar because like i have a lot more experience with that in you know real people like friends that i've had classmates that i've had throughout my life like that definitely seemed like a more tourette's kind of thing Mm -hmm. yeah so those tics are like the way that they're related to the ocd is that when things are happening that are too far outside of his control of his like obsessions uh, it raises his stress, mm-hmm. which stress can bring on Tourette's tics. Mm-hmm. So it's like a, a twofold thing is f- from the like analysis that I read about it. Um, but yeah, I think he does like there's a, so there's a person that's really close to me that has OCD. And I like the this person, like their their situation isn't as like intense as what is depicted in this movie. But um, I like from at least my understanding it is a pretty accurate depiction of like the like stress um spirals that you can enter mm-hmm. um yeah i uh we did miss a scene though oh the pharmacy scene oh goodness when it's revealed that the pills he's been taking prescribed by the uh Not doctor prescribed They're well like just... yeah given to him by the doctor yeah um who was in on the con uh, we're just supplements yeah. and he's screaming at a pharmacist to like give me these pills give me these pills and he a classic nick cage line is uh have you ever been no or do you want me like, to take you out on the guy in line is like you ever heard of a line buddy yeah and nick cage responds have you ever been beat to the point that you piss blood but like screams it in his like nick cage like have you ever been beat to the point where you piss blood and you're like um that's uh 100 nicholas cage yeah he apologizes for it in the yeah. same scene yeah but i'm sure like you and your like time working at a pharmacy have have seen people like just get oh absolutely so angry absolutely and, like and it's hard because like you definitely like empathize you want with to people help them. yeah, yeah like, who are on just i mean these meds are supposed to make them feel better yeah so like you definitely empathize with them, but there comes a point where like if they're screaming and swearing at you, like 
you can really only take so much, right. unfortunately. Yeah. And there's a lot of personal responsibility too. Like this is my like soapbox kind of thing because like I'm on meds myself. And if I forget to refill something or I forget that I don't have refills or I right. like that's on me and yeah. I experience so much in the pharmacy, like people who are just like, well, I don't, I don't know what I'm taking. And it's like, well, you should know what you're putting in your body and how often and like all this stuff. Like there's just so much personal responsibility that people don't take with like the medicine that they're putting into their bodies. Yeah. And don't get me wrong. I mean, a lot of people just assume that the doctor and the pharmacist have it covered and you, yeah, you, you like you trust and, your doctor, yeah. you trust your pharmacist. Yeah. And I mean, the older you get, the more meds you take inevitably, like, I mean, depending on the lifestyle that you have, but a lot of times you are taking more and more meds. Boy, and in my lifestyle, I'm taking <laughs> a lot. And there are a lot of things that can help with that, you know, like yeah. the pill, like the boxes. The little dividers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and those kinds of things. And sometimes with older folks, like they have their kids taking care of them or grandkids who are like in charge of that kind of stuff to make sure that they're getting all their meds. And it can just be really frustrating and you can have like less and less patience, but um, pun not intended in this case. Um, but it's a lot of times like it's your very like middle-aged Karens who are like coming up and screaming at you about how like they're having this problem and this problem and this problem and it's like all your fault and mm -hmm. you pretty much just have to like try to listen as much as you can and just try to be as empathetic as you can like yeah right. this is super frustrating but to a certain point like I would just like smile at them and stop like because I just couldn't like you can only say Ma'am, I understand that sounds extremely frustrating. Here's what I can do, but I can't do the thing that you... I can't magically change your prescription to a completely different <laughs> right, one. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So yeah, it can be really frustrating um, to to be in that position. But I think like I never really had like problems with like millennials and Zoomers and stuff. Like it's always like the middle-aged like people coming in who are just like, it's the end of the world if they don't get their... <sighs> Yeah, I think the boomers and Gen X folks have a, a completely uh, wrong understanding of who the entitled folks are. <laughs> and I know our I know our audience well enough to know that I'll only upset a couple people by saying that. But yeah. honestly, check your entitlement, dog. Yeah. But yeah, all that aside, what did you think of this film? I oh, liked actually, it. I'll tell you. We were I, talking about it. I'm but... gonna I'm gonna completely interrupt you. Oh my god! I thought this movie uh, was released in 1999. Wow. I looked were off. and checked. It was 2003. Yep. So wrong. Uh, wrong. But not, I wasn't like super far off. I just noticed like not a lot of like cell phone use. Mm -hmm. And that's typically like that seems to be like one of my like set points. It's like, are, th are we using cell phones? Are we using beepers and pagers? Because like there was a gap where beepers and pagers like were big in movies in like the 80s. But like through the 90s, no beepers and pagers, but also no cell phones. I'm sorry. So. I'm really trying hard to pay attention to what you're saying. But like my dog won't stop humping your dog. Yeah. I'm just trying to make sure that she doesn't like hump him because he's so like he's laying so comfortably. He's quiet and kind and And she fine. has to like yeah. go up there and like She's assault him. him. Yeah. She doesn't understand. She's just sitting there looking at me, and if I stop paying attention to her, she's like, "All right, I'm just gonna to get on." Yeah, you need to have a conversation with her about Mrs. consent. Jane. 
consent is important, folks. Uh, we've we've <laughs> talked to you about this a few times in the past with previous uh, Nick Cage films that dealt with it. Correct. But, uh, consent is very important. Um, where did you rank this? What was your rating? Seven. Okay, I did like a six. It's not yeah. too far off. What do you think IMDb rated it? Probably like an eighty percent or Whoa. what? It, no, eight out of ten. Whoa, you're crazy. It's a seven point three. But still, I mean, like, people thought way higher of this movie than i did yeah because like i was reading like roger ebert said that it was a four out of four like a couple other like reviewers maybe a four ranked out of it. ten get out of here rank do what i said maybe a four out of ten yeah exactly Jesus. yeah i just people thought this movie was just fucking the maybe best there wasn't ever. a lot going on in 2003 i yeah. can tell you it didn't win any awards yeah it was nominated for a handful it though. was yeah okay so <laughs> I want to go into this because one of these awards made me oh, yeah, laugh said, so yeah. hard. So it was nominated for five awards. One of them is the AARP Movies for Grownups Award for Best Director. Do they mean seniors or grownups? I don't know. It was also wow. nominated for the Best Supporting Actress for Allison Lohman. Uh, from the Central Ohio Film Critics Association. You know those guys. Yeah. It was nominated for Best Actor of the Year for uh, Nicolas Cage and Best Supporting Actress of the Year for our girl Allison again from the Golden Schmoes Awards. Golden Schmoes. Yeah, and Isn't Sam that, Rockwell. That's God, like a Razzies thing, right? Like I for assume the... it sounds so dumb. Yeah. Then Sam Rockwell was nominated for Best uh, Actor in a Supporting Role, Comedy or Musical for the Satellite Awards. You know, the Satellite Awards. Those old classics. Yeah, I need to go and see, like, what this thing was up against in the AARP. (laughs) I just want to look at a list. What do you got? So in the same year these movies came out, uh, House of Sand and Fog, which I just read the book. Oh, yeah. By the way, there's a book, uh, Matchstick Men, that that this was based on. Like, that's that's where this came from. And I guess the book is, like, grittier and, like, more cynical and less, like funny lighthearted moments Maybe so i have I'd to do that might read that might give it a try yeah um lost in translation which i know people like loved that movie so much i but, didn't like, see it is bill murray and scarlet right yeah yeah scarlet johansson yeah. yeah um i think ben kingsley plays like a middle eastern guy in house of sand and fog so is he middle eastern ooh. ben kingsley yeah no are you sure yeah he might be like ethnically. Well, I mean, he played Gandhi, but he's from Yorkshire. Right, but I mean, the <laughs> the Brits aren't necessarily, uh, you know. Oh, I guess so. His they're, dad, they're colonists. His dad know? was Kenyan born. Yeah. And his mom is English, okay. so, so yeah. Kenya, not in the Middle East. Yeah, but just gonna be at least not a complete like one hundred percent white guy taking these roles, I guess, but yeah. still a little bit suspect. Um. Uh, a a mighty wind came out that year I mean, with I, Eugene Levy. I've never heard of that. It seems like it could be another like best in show. Oh yeah, uh, that movie is great. Yeah, um, phone booth with Colin Colin uh, Farrell. Yes, got it. Were you gonna say Firth? Yep, I was. <laughs> um, have you seen that movie? Uh, not a long it's time. It's fucking stupid. Let's watch it. Do you want to watch it tonight? We should watch it. Let's we watch have, it. Tonight. Hey, we've got some IKEA furniture to put together. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, Mystic River. Uh, thanks, mom. By the way, the IKEA furniture. Yeah, thanks, mom. 
Uh, Mystic I, River. You got me the gift here. of putting together a desk. Uh, you love putting together IKEA furniture. Oh, I, because I loved putting together like models and Legos when I was a kid. And that's what this is. It's <laughs> models and Legos for big kids. I swear. Putting together IKEA furniture is the shit. And uh, if you don't like it, call me and I'll put yours together for you. Best grown up love story. Mm. Something's got to give a mighty Something, wind what, and love actually. Give. I feel like, do I know something's got to give? It's the one with uh, Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. Jack Nicholson and Diane Keaton. We going to be eating. Like, like Diane, Diane Keaton. Keaton. Uh, do you see uh, what's her name's tits in it? No. What's that? You're thinking of about Schmidt. I oh think. yeah, I talked about that on the last episode, didn't I? <laughs> no, you just talked about it with me recently. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, secondhand lions came out that year. Bend it like Beckham also came out. Secondhand that year. lions. Who's in secondhand lions? Is that some white guys? Yeah. Michael Caine. Yep. So Robert Duvall. So yeah, I mean, I had a couple of like decent movies to go up against in the AARP Films for Adults Award <laughs> section. Sea yes. Biscuit and School of Rock, wow. Kill Bill Volume One. Okay. There are a lot of good ones that came out that year. Yeah. Okay, we're not going to continue reading a list of films that came out in two thousand three. We um, should. So, uh, do you have any other announcements or anything to give the folks? Um, uh, any homework assignments? Any homework assignments? Um, I mean, sharing us is always your homework assignment. Share, share, share. Because um, otherwise we will quit forever. And uh, well, honestly, we probably won't talk to any of you anymore. Yeah, definitely. Especially my mom. I'm going to threaten you. <laughs> no. Um, um, you, have that, you have that surprise for me. We haven't talked about it yet. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm going to save it for another episode. I hate you. Because I'm a punk ass bitch. I hate you um, so much. But... Yeah, coming soon to an episode near you is the surprise that I had. Tune in and find out what it was. If Jordan is still alive by the next time we record. Uh, I have a fact. Oh, yeah. Trivia me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm going to jump over yours and tell you that uh, this was floated to have been directed by Steven Spielberg. Are you fucking kidding me? Absolute dog shit. <laughs> it wouldn't have surprised me if they let that asshole direct this. <laughs> Jesus. Do you have some feelings? He's... <sighs> listen et was it no et was not it i can't think of another one that was worth anything by that guy was entirely different yeah get out of here anyway um what do you got trivia oh you actually want Mm -hmm. oh huh well now i've forgotten give it to me can't sorry anyway so you know how our boy Nick Cage is quite eccentric. Mm-hmm. Did you know that he has spent a total of $12.3 million on European castles, which he genuinely purchased out of a desire to find the Holy Grail? National treasure. <sighs> Love you, bye. <laughs>